What the hell happened to me? Why is the right side of my head so wounded and bloody? Jeepers! Do I have a concussion? Is this jail? Was I arrested? Am I a criminal? Hello? The AD's oregano rushed through his sliding glass doors when he heard the sounds of his son's birthday party change from giggles to screams. The sight that met his eyes was enough to make his blood freeze cold. Children cowered behind deck furniture, tables, and anything else that would add even a millimeter of protection between them and the middle of the yard, where Pinwheel the Kid's Party Clown was making balloon animals out of people. His big gloved hands held Mr. Brovnik over his head. With a giggle, he put his mouth on hers and began to blow, inflating the woman into a long, rubbery human tube. Here you go, Pinwheel said with a clownish giggle, holding the former Mr. Brovnik out to a crying child. It's a giraffe. Something dripped on Pleiades' head. It was wet. He touched it, tasted it. It was the most crimson of liquid, that being blood. He looked up and saw the greatest horror of all. Dozens of balloons that used to be some of his best friends, now twisted into the shapes of animals, drifting lazily off into the infinity of the sky. He felt a presence in front of him. Pinwheel. In that moment, Pleiades promised to never again book a birthday clown on Craigslist. The end. Oh, thank God, sir. I need your help. Indeed? But what did you think of my evil story? What story? The the one I just read? Like, right now? About an evil clown turning humans into balloon animals? Wait a minute. Am I in a dungeon? <sighs> I see Steve's been a little too heavy with the kidnapping club again. Are you saying I've been kidnapped? Yes. You're in my evil dungeon, where I keep the people I kidnap off the street and force them to read my evil horror stories. I've been trying to expand my operations, so I commanded my best ghoul, who I also named Steve, to club people and kidnap them for me. But he hits really hard when he clubs people over the head, and so now you're probably having, like, permanent brain damage and- Did you say story? I think I like stories. Give it to me before I forget. Let me pull up my evil chair. This is a story about love, lust, and mosquitoes. What story? Story you have in your hands there. Oh, should I should I read it? Jesus Christ, just read it. Mosquito eater. It was raining again. Alice had been trying to vacation in the cabin in the woods for 3 days, and it seemed to rain every single second. It was beginning to feel like it just wasn't worth it. The cabin had been lent to her by her friend, Baxter. Friend. More like co-worker she could sometimes stand and oftentimes found creepy. He was always around, always looking for an excuse to talk to her. Case in point. Baxter had overheard her lamenting about a recent breakup and was quick to offer up his cabin for Alice to get away and clear her head. She wasn't sure at first, but Baxter wouldn't take no for an answer. The cabin was practically made for you, he told her. Just you see. She finally gave in, unaware the weather was planning on making her a shut-in. 
Now, Alice was tying her hiking boots to go out for a walk in the brisk, verdant woods that had enticed her since her arrival. Rain be damned! But she was interrupted by a crisp knock on the door. She saw Baxter's wiry hair and square glasses through the window. The cabin was a three-hour drive from the city. What was he doing here? Oh, hello, she said, opening the door. What a surprise! What are you doing here? Baxter's smile momentarily faltered. What? Isn't it good to see me? He asked. Alice didn't know what to say. The truth was, it wasn't good to see him. She relished this alone time, and she was only planning on staying one more night. But she couldn't just turn the owner of the cabin away, so she played along. Yes, of course, she said. Come in. She stepped aside and let Baxter pass. He'd brought coffee, which they sipped in silence for some time, just like they did at work when the odd little man would corner her in the break room. So what brings you out here? Alice finally asked. To my own cabin? He responded with a smile he presumably thought was charming. Uh, Just a little grounds maintenance. Oh, Alice said. But it's raining. His smile faltered again and... For a brief moment, Alice could see a different emotion raging behind his pupils, like junkyard dogs chained to a rotten post. The moment passed. The smile returned. Well, you know what they say, he said. Alice waited for some time until she realized he was never going to finish the thought. Yeah, she answered, wishing more than anything he would just leave. So I was thinking, he began. Great, Alice thought. Here we go. You like cabins? I have a cabin, he continued. We've got a lot in common. Do you want to grab dinner sometime next week? Alice drummed her fingers on the coffee cup as she came up with a plan. She didn't want to get dinner next week, not with him. But she did want to keep using his cabin. This called for a delicate touch. Look, Bax, she said, hoping Bax was a real nickname. You're a great guy, and yes, I love your cabin, but I just got out of a long-term relationship. I'm not sure I'm ready to start anything just yet. Baxter stared at her, unblinking, his mouth a terse line of embarrassment, like an unmoving horizon. Then, the smile suddenly returned, plastered on like floral wallpaper. Sorry to hear that. What are you planning on doing with the rest of your stay? Well, I would like to try and hike if the weather lets up. Alice told him. Just be careful, he warned. There are tales of things in these woods. What kind of things? Alice asked. Baxter shrugged. Things. He stared at her a beat too long, as he always did, and then shrugged. Anywho, I better be going. Enjoy your hike. Then was gone, leaving Alice alone, confused and on edge. Outside, Baxter walked around the yard to a little run-down shed. He checked to make sure no one was watching, and then entered through a pockmarked red door. Inside was an old cage left there by his grandparents, two entomologists long since dead. The cage had a small square door that faced the window, a release door. Baxter opened the shed's window, the cold, wet air blasting in like a tail of a tornado. There was a crank on the old cage that would open the door, and Baxter grasped it, a small smile spreading across his mauve lips. As he turned the crank, the cage's door lowered slowly, creaking loudly like a scream. He glanced back at the cabin. 
his odd smile returned. Alice heard Baxter's car drive away, so she figured it was safe to go outside. Though it was too dark and too rainy to hike now, she still wanted to spend some time on the balcony. Alice took a deep breath as she felt the spongy wood cradle her feet. That petrichor smell never got old. She went to the railing and looked out at the emerald forest. That's when she heard it. Buzzing. A lot of buzzing. It sounded like a thousand phones on vibrate, all of them receiving simultaneous text messages. She peered through the growing shadows, but couldn't see a thing. The noise grew louder. Whatever it was, it was coming toward her. Something tiny struck her in the forehead. She slapped at it, pulling her hand away to see an insectile body crushed in a pool of crimson blood. A mosquito. The buzzing was at a fever pitch now. Alice looked up just in time to see a swarm emerge from the twilight. They came in ones and twos and threes, the last few drops of rain falling from the leaves, dripping down their shimmering wings. Mosquitoes. Thousands of them. They looked hungry. They needed blood. Hungered for it. Unfortunately for Alice, there was only one bag of piping hot blood present. Her. She screamed and jumped down onto the deck, bracing herself against the cold, wet boards. She expected the mosquitoes to bite her, but they flew right past, out of sight until the sickly noise of their disgusting wings became muted in the trees. She got up, her breath coming out in wisps of fog, and felt her pulse. Strange, she thought out loud. She didn't know much about mosquitoes, but she knew they feasted on blood like maniacs. But these mosquitoes ignored her completely. It was as if they had a goal, a mission, like they were running from something. But what sort of beast would scare a mosquito? Her hands shook. That instinctual knot in her stomach told her she had to get inside. She turned around, back toward the cabin. A sound stopped her mid-step. A cacophonous buzzing like seven industrial box fans strapped to a whirring helicopter blade. It was different from the low, grating drone of the mosquito swarm. This was higher, more menacing, otherworldly. She turned back towards the wood and caught sight of a nightmarish creature set on a crash course straight toward her face. It was smaller than a robin, but larger than a dung beetle, with translucent wings and spindly, monstrous legs. She wasn't well-versed in mountain insects, but she knew she had seen this one somewhere before. It looked like a mosquito, but bigger. And then a name popped into her head. This thing wasn't a mosquito. It was a mosquito eater. The mosquito eater slammed its proboscis into Alice's cheek, full force, tearing out a chunk of skin with it. She felt its spear-tipped nose pierce her flesh down to the bone. Then it started to suck. She watched in mute horror as her own blood, her very life force, colored the proboscis deep scarlet. She saw its sack fill with liquid, and felt like a deflating tire. Primal instinct took over, and she batted the insect away with a panicked hoot. The mosquito eater spiraled off the balcony and into the penumbra of night. She cupped her hand around the wound. There, beneath her fingers, was bubbling the most crimson of liquids, that being blood. She heard the buzzing coming back toward her and looked up. The mosquito eater had flown straight up into the air, and now it was arcing back around in a loop-de-loop back towards her. 
She ran back into the cabin and clanged the door shut just as the mosquito eater slammed into it, its proboscis piercing the wood like a dagger straight through to the other side. Alice backed away from the quivering biological straw in horror. She went into the small bathroom and examined the bite on her cheek. She gasped in horror and no small amount of unbearable pain. It wasn't puffy and red like a normal mosquito bite. Instead, it was concave and gaping, showing off blood and tissue and a chlorophyll hue, viscous goo Alice had never seen before. She stumbled over to the toilet and vomited up the coffee Baxter had brought her. That was when she heard the knocking. Like Edgar Allan Poe's raven, something was tap, tap, tapping on the back door. Alice grabbed a campfire lighter from the fireplace mantel in the living room, the closest thing she could find to a weapon, and tiptoed to the door. She pulled back the old moth-eaten curtain to find the mosquito eater launching itself against the glass. She watched in horror as it hit the door's foggy window, flew back, then flew into the door again. It kept doing this and it didn't seem to be getting tired. Alice backed away as she saw a hair-thin crack beginning to form. She jumped with a start when more tapping came from behind her, from the front door. Maybe it was Baxter again. Maybe he'd heard some kind of warning on the radio and had come back with guidance about these deranged mosquitoes. She pulled back the curtain. The swarm of mosquitoes that had flown past her was doing the same thing as the mosquito eater darting at the door over and over again in a syncopated rhythm. It was like they were suicidal. With every smash, she could see the mosquito's own blood dripping down the door. She realized she was trapped inside this cabin. Whatever these bugs were, they were abnormal. They had an agenda. What do you want? She shrieked at the insects that didn't have ears. Why are you working with the mosquito eater? It eats you! Eating mosquitoes is in its name. She shut her eyes, bracing for the worst, but the tapping suddenly ceased. She hazarded a peek at the front door. The swarm was gone. Perhaps they'd gone far enough that she could get to her car, get out of Dodge, drive to the desert, and never have to see a mosquito ever again. The smoke alarm suddenly shrieked through the cabin as the lights began to flicker and then went black. Alice backed into a wall, panic rising in her throat. The power had been terminated because of the storm, she told herself. It wasn't the mosquitoes. Mosquitoes weren't smart enough to dig into the earth and cut the power line. But a sinking feeling in her chest told her they weren't gone. And a sizzling sound from the outside confirmed that feeling was right. Shaking like a square of gelatin, Alice opened the curtain to see the mosquitoes were still out there, swathed in darkness and silence. They were swarming the power line, pulling it, until the line snapped completely off the pole. Alice watched silently, tears of fear pulling in her eyes. Once the mosquitoes had pulled the pole to the ground, they flew at the cabin again and covered the window. She could see nothing now but silver wings and slender bodies, moving as one, buzzing as one, along the rectangle of glass. Alice ran to the middle of the cabin, shaking with undiluted dread. The power was out. Nighttime was approaching and she was trapped inside by mosquitoes. She thought about calling Baxter. Maybe he had dealt with these creatures before. Maybe he could give her a way out. But then she thought about that awkward moment they'd had, the strange emotion barely held in check behind his eyes. Perhaps some things were worse than demented killer insects. She had a few options. 
One, she could run, risk getting attacked by mosquitoes. What harm would a few more mosquito bites do? But that thing on her face wasn't just any old bite. She could feel it now, pulsing. She didn't know what it was, and she wasn't sure she wanted to. Two, she could stay here, lock herself in the bedroom, and wait until morning when she could leave in the daylight, when, she hoped, the mosquitoes would be less active. Three, she could kill the damn things. There had to be a weapon around here somewhere. Point Cabin didn't have a gun. A loud clunk, like a brick dropping into sand, cut off her thoughts. It came from behind her, from the fireplace. She turned slowly, fearing the bugs would be inside now. To her surprise, they weren't. But there, in the heart of the fireplace, was a burning ball of charcoal. A monumental thought pranced through her cerebral cortex. The mosquitoes must have dropped it inside. Without thinking, Alice kicked at it, trying to put it out, but the small orange flame leapt from the charcoal to her shoe. She screamed and kicked before she managed to pull her shoe off, burning the tips of her fingers in the process, and ran it over to the sink. She tossed the shoe into the sink, ran water on it, and the flames asphyxiated. She turned back to the fireplace, though, to see the charcoal burning higher and brighter than before. And instead of smoke rising up out of the flue, it was all staying in the cabin, filling the room with dense black fog. Had the mosquitoes blocked the chimney? Were they smoking her out? Alice coughed and covered her mouth with her shirt. She searched the cabin. She knew she'd seen a fire extinguisher somewhere. She kicked open the bedroom door and yanked the closet open. The fire extinguisher was inside, red body glistening like a north star. She grabbed it, went into the living room, and sprayed until the creamy foam suffocated the fire. She plopped down on the floor, gasping for air. It was so smoky inside now, but she couldn't open the windows. She couldn't let the flying beasts have a free pass to the cabin's interior. She knew she had no choice now but to leave. Forget the mess. Forget her possessions. She had to go. She tried to concoct an escape plan, but her head was throbbing, a piercing pain knocking at her skull, right underneath the bandage she'd put over the mosquito-eater bite. She needed to see what was going on under that band-aid. She went to the bathroom, looked in the mirror, and peeled back the beige sticker. The wound was now black, dead. The skin around it was eaten away, and as she looked closer, Alice could see the hard, white bone of her skull underneath. She screamed. 20 minutes ago, this had only been a small bite. Alice hyperventilated. She was miles away from town, at least an hour away from the closest hospital. There were no neighbors nearby. It was just her, alone. No one would ever know what happened to her. But she refused to die out here. She picked up a bottle of peroxide and poured it directly into her wound. It sizzled like acid and Alice screamed in unendurable pain. She thought that her body might be going into shock. Glass shattered, drawing her attention. The window on the back door. She peeked out of the bathroom. The mosquito eater buzzed inside the cabin, its head lolling side to side in a demented search for her. For her blood. She only had moments to act, so she armed herself with a roll of toilet paper and threw it at the bug as hard as her mighty arms could muster. Get away from me! She screamed. The toilet paper roll struck the mosquito eater like a double-ply bullet, knocking the bug into the living room wall with a sickening crunch. Its proboscis embedded itself in the wall. Now stuck, it flexed its spider-like legs, trying to pull itself free. Alice could hear the wall's wood paneling crack. She didn't have much time. She slapped on another band-aid over her lesion and hurried to the living room. She put on her one good shoe and her raincoat and turned back to the bathroom to grab the first aid kit for the road. 
But through the smoke, she realized the mosquito eater's body was gone. It was still alive, and she knew it would be back for her. She ran to the front door, ripped it open, and sprinted up the hill toward her car. The woods were dark. She tried to use the flashlight on her phone to light her path, but her phone was dead. She stumbled and fell over a downed tree. She got to her feet and felt her wounded knee. It was sticky with crimson liquid. Blood. The insects would sniff her out soon. She had to be quick. She scrambled up the hilltop on her hands and knees, desperate to get out of these woods. Dirty, wet, and slashed up, she finally crested the hill and could see her car. In all of Alice's 32 years, there had never been a more beautiful sight. The door handle clicked once as she yanked it. Locked! She fumbled her keys out of her pocket and unlocked the door. She jumped inside, slamming the door and locking herself in. Safe inside this metal box, she allowed herself one short breath. But then the buzzing came. The swarm of mosquitoes was hovering between her car and the darkness beyond. They were staring at her, a million unblinking, beady eyes, ready to strike. She turned on her windshield wipers, hoping to fling the mosquitoes off, but they immediately flew backward, avoiding the blades. Then, all of a sudden, the mosquitoes parted to let the mosquito eater in. It hovered in front of the pack like a military general. It made a sickening, high-pitched sound, and all at once, commanded by their leader, the mosquitoes dove at Alice's windshield, pecking at the glass with their sharp beaks. Alice shielded her face with her hands as shards of glass burst inward from the insectile onslaught. The windshield that had once protected Alice from danger was now shattered. The mosquitoes flew inside the car. They darted first at Alice's exposed neck, biting into her flesh. She flailed and swatted them off, but more kept coming. She could feel her jacket hiking up. Ten mosquitoes were working together, pulling it away from her body like a piece of tissue paper. Exposed as she was now, she could feel the bites on the soft of her belly. She screamed in pain, but dozens of them flew into her mouth, crawling down her throat and filling her lungs. She tried to breathe, but they were in her nose now, too. It was a horrific sight. Alice being eaten alive from the outside in. As if by instinct, her hands flew to her face, clawing and pulling, yanking the mosquitoes away from her orifices. While the normal mosquitoes fell away, though, the mosquito eater held on, seemingly invincible. It flew into Alice's face over and over, pecking and hollowing out more gaping wounds in her flesh. Alice was getting dizzy. The bites covering her body were throbbing, and her head felt like it was being run through a wood chipper. She was certain her very brain would jump out of her skull. She could feel the night air now through the shattered windshield as it blew into her cuts. She could feel it on her face, several layers down, on tissue that was never supposed to feel air. She caught a glimpse of herself in the rearview mirror and saw that the holes were everywhere, green liquid turning her entire body chartreuse. There was no fight left in Alice. She wanted to die. But even though she wasn't moving, she felt herself being lifted, slowly, off her seat. The mosquitoes had come together now conducted by the mosquito eater, and they were lifting her through the defective windshield like she was nothing but a rag doll. Blood seeped from her body as her skin scraped against the broken glass. She felt the fresh air, the cold rain, the sensation of floating as the mosquitoes carried her out past her car and dropped her onto the forest floor. She was slipping now, deeper and deeper into darkness. 
Her eyes were half-closed, welts the only thing holding them open. She saw pine trees and gray clouds above her, saw the raindrops dripping onto her body like spears. Before her eyes closed, she saw a shape in the trees, something with wings and a proboscis, something almost human. Whatever it was, it wouldn't help her. Even in her half-dead stupor, Alice knew this much. Her last thought before she let herself sleep was, I should have said yes to dinner. Baxter watched Alice die from a perch in his favorite tree. His artificial mosquito wings held onto his back with elastic shoulder loops. His long, proboscis mask clamped to his face with leather straps. He nodded his head slowly as Alice's shrieks silenced, the light from her car's headlamps reflecting cruelly in his polished goggles. He scurried down the tree like some demented bug until he came upon her body, cut and torn from the vicious mosquito wounds. The mosquitoes, his pets, no, his soldiers, swirled above like wolves waiting for the alpha to take the first bite. The mosquito eater landed beside him, its master, and bowed low. It's a shame, Baxter said, running his hands through Alice's blood-soaked hair. All the time she complained about her boyfriend. She could have done so much better. I gave her the opportunity to date me. But nice guys always finish last. Then, with a sudden violent motion, he hurled his head back and slammed his artificial proboscis into Alice. The body twitched, merely an electrochemical impulse. There was no life left. Slowly, horribly, this crimson elixir rose up Baxter's proboscis and dripped into his hungry mouth. The mosquitoes buzzed with excitement. Baxter tore himself free with a freakish slurp and then threw his arms into the air. The dead woman's blood flowed freely down his front. Come, my brothers, come and feed, he proclaimed. For if we cannot have her heart, at least we can have her blood. Well, what did you think of my evil story? What story? Blast your fickled brain! Come closer so I can slap you. Okay. Yeah. Oh. There. What did you think of that? Oh my god. I... I remember everything. About my story? No, about me. I live in a big house, and I have a loving family, and I'm... Oh, I'm rich. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I... Oh, what's this? I'm prowling the night downtown. Am I... Am I a... But what is it? You know that serial killer who's been cutting out people's eyes and keeping them in her pockets? Yeah, it's all over the new... Wait a minute. What are you... Ew! Gross! Put those eyes back in your pocket! It's me. I'm the killer. I love it. I love killing. Okay, weirdo. Well, um, I guess you did a good enough job reading my evil story, so you're free to go. Free to go? Free to... kill? Sure! Okay, thank you. What the? Oh, great. She left the eyeballs. Now who's going to clean this up? Steve? Steve? This episode was performed by Lauren Fox and Lord Serpent. It was edited by Stacy Milborn and Lord Serpent. Mosquito Eater was written by Stacy Milborn and Lord Serpent. It was produced by Stacy Milborn, Michael Morgan, Charles Brock, and Lord Serpent. 
Michael Morgan and Lord Serpent were the audio engineers. The music was composed by Charles Brock and Lord Serpent. Tune in next week for even more of my horrific tales of madness and terror. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lord Serpent's Library and check out my homepage at rss.com slash podcasts slash Lord Serpent's Library. <laughs>